warning. The following podcast has been classified as insanely lucrative. Listener discretion is advised. So I've been adding about a thousand or a couple of thousand dollars a month every month, basically, for the past five or six months. That's kind of been my trajectory with merch. Your attention, please. please. Listening to the AMPM podcast may cause recurring revenue streams and unfair, unfair advantages over your competitors. Other side effects may include better wallets, fired bosses, and longer vacations. Listen at your own risk. Here's your host, seven-figure entrepreneur and online marketing madman, Manny Coates. Manny Coates. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AMPM podcast. My name is Manny Coates, and I will be your host. And this is the show where we discuss all things Amazon private label and how to generate recurring revenue streams 24 hours per day during the AM and the PM, hence the name of the show, AMPM podcast. As a matter of fact, today I was looking at one of my products and it got moved into a different category, a gated category, one that you need permission to sell in. But my product is still live, still selling, and I'm not sure how this is all happening, but while I'm investigating this, I have been making money. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. So guys, today I'm really excited to have another merch episode, okay? This is gonna be a podcast on the Merch by Amazon program, the Print On Demand program, and this was actually recorded a few months back, okay? So it's not brand new, but the information is amazing. And we were waiting to actually publish this until Amazon opened up the doors for everybody. So everybody could go in and apply and be running on the Merch program right away, but they never did this, right? And it doesn't look like they're gonna do this until probably after the new year. So. Uh, we want to get this information out right now. We're not going to wait any longer. We're going to get this episode out and um, we're going to talk to a guy that just drops nuggets all over the place. So without further ado, let's get into the interview with Michael Essek. Hello, everybody. I am here with Michael Essek, a merch seller. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you, Manny. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. I have a lot of questions for you because you seem to be a pretty high level seller. I wanted to actually ask you about that just so that everybody is aware of where you're at with everything. And and we've been talking about merch on our podcast and in our Facebook group. But uh, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about when you started, what level you're at right now, and uh, just a little bit of information about yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm a uh currently a 4,000 tier seller. Uh, I actually have a couple of accounts. Um, with my main account, I'm at 4,000. I also have a second account, which is running at, I think, 500 at the moment. Although that second account should be, uh, should be scaling up to 1,000 anytime now. Um, so yeah, I've been uh, doing merch since it launched, so October 2015. I got in there pretty, pretty early before the invite system came in and all that stuff. And uh, was able to hit the ground running really, um, and scaled up pretty fast through the through the tiers. Um, I've been at four thousand for a couple of months, I think now. So uh, waiting for that eight thousand scale up anytime. And uh, yeah, that's kind of kind of my history as as the numbers go anyway. Okay, that's awesome. So four thousand and five hundred. Why do you have uh, two accounts? Because you're the first person I've talked to that's actually doing it that way. Yeah. So basically, it was kind of a uh, kind of a backup um, plan. I don't know, you know, how you guys kind of think of merch, but for me, it's kind of, because it's such a new system. Um, there's this always this kind of 
fear at the back of my mind that you know is merch going to drop are they going to close accounts you know how many uh how many strikes on your account is it going to take before you get shut down those kind of things so i wanted to set up a kind of backup account um so that's what i have going now currently that's through um not through my name it's actually through a family member's name but we kind of run that as a separate account and um yeah we've just been building that one up Okay. So my number of designs, I should probably point out, while well, those are my tiers, I actually only have um, a thousand designs up on the 4,000 account, and I only have about 100 designs up on the 500 account. Those are my tier levels, but I'm not actually uh, maxing those out, if you like. Right. Yeah. And that's important to, uh, to distinguish. A lot of people think, you know, if someone's at 2,000 tier level, they have 2,000 shirts and they... That might not right. be the case. Yep. So how how many shirts? I mean, do you have a, a goal in terms of trying to upload or get a certain number of shirts online every single week? Yeah, I don't have, as it were, much of a consistent plan. I kind of have a few different techniques and approaches to merch. Um, I should probably say that I'm a, I'm a designer by by trade. So that was my um, that was my trade before I kind of got into t-shirts full time. Um, so it's, it's quick and relatively quick and easy for me to get designs up. Um, so my, you know, I have a few different techniques and approaches. I'm sure we'll get into those later in the podcast, but, um, you know, some, some days I wake up and I'll get through three or four designs in that day. Some days I'll wake up and get through, um, you know, 15 or 20. So it, it kind of depends on the ideas, kind of what I'm feeling. I'm kind of a, a trend rider in many ways. So I'm trying to spot what's current and uh, ride those trends. But then at the same time, um, I'm kind of creating for the long term and doing some evergreen type designs as well. So I, I do a little bit of everything <laughs> and try and uh, kind of put, don't put all my eggs in one basket, but keep them spread out over a number of approaches, if you like. Okay, smart. So with the tier levels that you're at, what kind of monthly sales volume levels are you at? Yeah, so uh, August I did, um, let me just pull up the numbers here so I can give you exact numbers. So um, I'm in the UK, so I use uh, pounds, but um, just to give, I'll translate that to dollars. So I did about um, 6,000 pounds from merch, which comes out at about $8,000 last month um, in July. So I've been adding about a, about a thousand or a couple of thousand dollars a month every month, basically for the past five or six months. That's kind of been my trajectory with merch. Nice. So I, yeah, currently currently we're looking at about eight thousand this month. It's probably going to be between eight and ten thousand dollars, I would think. Excellent. Are those uh, sales numbers, or is that actual payouts to yourself? No, that, yeah, that's actual uh, profit to me, if you like. That's my income from merch. Yeah. That's awesome. I love hearing that. Those big numbers, especially uh, how quickly people get to those numbers, is just kind of amazing. But yeah, a, a year really is is all it's taken to get there. And uh, and I should probably say as well that. Um, most of my designs, uh, so I've got a thousand designs on the main account. Obviously, that's the one bringing in the most money. Um, those those designs, a thousand, are up there today. But I would guess, you know, maybe only 300, 300 or 400 of those designs have ever sold. And it's really a, a much smaller number that's actually selling on a regular basis. So it's not that, you know, I have a thousand designs and all of them are selling, you know, semi-regularly. It's really uh, an 80-20 type situation. Right. And you're, you're from the UK. Is that correct? You're in the UK right now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm from the UK and I'm in the UK in Manchester. So are you able, does the merch program have um, a UK store or are you only selling on the uh, USA store? I am selling 
Only on the USA store. Yeah, I, I think there are a couple of sellers who, if I'm if I'm correct, uh, Amazon are kind of tr trialing it in the UK w with a couple of guys. I've kind of caught wind of that on some of the forums and stuff, but I'm not one of those guys who's who's um, in that program yet. So uh, fingers crossed that Amazon will be launching in the UK soon. But I'm I'm doing okay just selling straight to the US at the moment. So uh, obviously, when they do launch in the UK, which I think is inevitable at some point. I'll be very happy and, you know, we'll kind of hit the ground running there as well. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, yeah, I'm, I'm selling to the U.S. market, yeah. Okay, great. So if somebody's starting out, they go in, um, it's going to take a little while to get approved, at least right now. It, it looks like it's taking some people several months to get approved for merch. Yeah, yeah. But what, um, what do you recommend to those guys that are starting and they start at a 25-tier level and they've got to get, you know, enough sales coming in to get to that next tier? Um, what's your process yeah. on that? I think, well, there's, there's a number of different approaches, but I, I suppose job one is to make sure that you get up to the next tier level as soon as possible. So um, there's a couple of resources out there. I know that um, there's a seller, uh, um, gosh, I've just forgotten his name here, uh, Daniel Cordhill, who, who did a, a series on this. There's a couple of videos out on how he would develop. And um, yeah, there's some great ideas in there. Things like if you've got a, a team or some kind of youth group or church group or something that need a lot of um, T-shirts quickly, then obviously you can you can create a design for them and they can order 25 or, or whatever, however many they need. And that will should scale you up almost immediately. Um, if you don't have, you know, uh, a community or something like that, you can immediately tap into then you can do things like keep your prices, you know, as low as possible on your designs and hope that you're going to pick up, um, you know, quick sales because you're the lowest price in the market. Or you could uh, try and hop on a trend. Um, I mean, that's easier said than done. But if you, if you do have experience of that and you know what you're doing, then that can be a quick way to scale up. And actually on my second account, I was able to scale up pretty much within the first uh, couple of weeks, I think, just because I had a, a trending design that just kind of blew up and uh, got me to that next tier really quickly. So those kind of things, just, uh, you know, thinking about how you can tap into a particular community or, or something that you've got an advantage in that will allow you to, to get those sales numbers up really quick. Okay, nice. Very smart. And you talked about jumping on those trends and you also mentioned you have, you know, your evergreen products. Can you tell us a little bit about that, like trends versus evergreen and when you jump on things, when you know it's right to actually get on something and how to test it and how to keep out of trouble, I guess, by not pushing the wrong thing? I think there's, there's a, a couple of ways. Um, I suppose the, the, the most useful thing to do or the most kind of surefire way is, is to is to build designs on things that you know about, something you know Um and uh, obviously, that's different for different people. People come at it with, um, you know, they're members of different communities and stuff. And, they're, you know, people think of trends and they think of the big, the huge trends, you know, the things like, uh, for example, a, a couple of months ago, it would be Pokemon Go. Um, just this week, there's a lot of Trump uh, stuff with the basket of deplorables. I don't know if you saw that Hillary comment and all the shirt. There's actually a merch shirt, which was number one in the clothing category wow. uh, yesterday. Um, so uh, people are saying that was maybe selling 300 plus a day yesterday. Um, so those kind of things, those are the big, you know, kind of top level trends, if you like. But people don't really think about the fact that within communities, you know, there's trends as well um, within niche communities, whether that's sports, um, you know, could be particular kind of online communities, gamer communities, things like this. So um, that's kind of where I focus my attention is particular communities. 
communities were a thing that's going on and uh, hopping on a trend there. Um, so I think, you know, if you can, if you know something, um, you're going to have the confidence then to create a design and, and kind of trust that that design can, can do well for you. I, I wouldn't recommend people try to jump on things that are trending, especially if there are merch shirts already in existence because you are, you are fighting against, you know, a, an absolute sea of people who flooded the market with merch recently. You know, there's a lot of, of copycats. There's a lot of people who are in there now. And, um, yeah, unless you're really first or second to a trend, it's going to be very difficult to compete with kind of the, the big level trends. So if you've, if you've not got knowledge, if you've not got a particular kind of advantage, I, w I would try and stay away from trending topics and think more about how you can do what we would call evergreen content. So designs that might come up seasonally or designs that will kind of work all year round or that people might just be looking for, um, you know, kind of randomly or they might see a, I don't know, a particular funny, funny uh, t-shirt on the internet and they just might search it those kind of things that are more kind of long term obviously they're not going to generate as many sales in a short period of time but over the long term you'll you if you've got enough of these designs obviously that kind of volume is going to help and you'll have a kind of steady stream of of uh, income coming in yeah okay so when you're going after a particular trend um, you're kind of niching it down to something very small um, that most people might not yeah. know about but it hits a specific a select group of people and you can drive that, that, that traffic to your shirt and get those sales. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I should probably say that, um, there's even with trending stuff, I mean, it's still a case of, you know, throw ideas out there and, and see what sticks. Um, th that's why I wouldn't say like spend all your time with trending stuff because a lot of what I do, a lot of ideas that come to me, you know, they fall flat and they don't sell anything. Um, but of course, the, the beauty of merch is that the designs are still there. And, uh, you know, you could have kind of spotted a trend a few months in advance or, or even years in advance. And it could hit, you know, later and you could pick up the sales. Okay. So um, now if the yeah. trend, if a trend is actually um, short lived, like it's going to be a trend and, and after a month, no one will care uh -huh. anymore. Is that a shirt? Uh, if you think it could be hot, but you know, after a month, it's going to be dead. Would you still go after that? Knowing that it's going to take up one of your slots? Yeah, I think especially for me when I'm at the levels I'm at with the tiers. So, uh, you know, spots are not uh, a concern to me. You know, I've got enough space inventory to uh, to create, you know, 50, 100 designs that don't actually generate because, you know, I've got enough kind of space to create more. So um, that's not a concern for me. I can understand that would be if you're if you're a smaller tier seller. Um, and that's why I would say maybe if you're on a smaller tiers and you don't have particular knowledge of a, a kind of trending niche, then just stay away from it because you're unlikely to pick up, you know, much in the way of sales from that. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Uh, you know, when you talk to people, everybody has their own strategy and they have different tactics. And then sometimes I hear, I'll hear yeah. one thing and then somebody will say something else and then I'll check and I'll be like, oh man, I, you know, I, I was taught a certain way and that's the way I went. And then you learn something new and, and it actually benefits you. Well, you know, it's such a new a new um, marketplace. You know, it's only a year old. It's not even a year old. <laughs> you know, we're talking September. Um, and it is the Wild West. You know, I think when I first came into this, um, you know, I, I, I didn't have experience selling on Amazon. I'd never sold on Amazon before. I'd sold on other marketplaces, on Etsy, and uh, through various other websites, but never on Amazon. And when I, when I joined with Merch, I kind of expected, because it's Amazon, you know, these guys are going to have their ducks all in a row. Everything's going to be, you know, kind of, completely professional and they're going to be like on top of everything 
And it's just not the case. You know, I don't mean to kind of criticize the team or anything at Merch. They're doing a great job, but I think they had no idea how, how fast this program would blow up on them. And um, it, it is a bit wild, wild west. You know, there's, there's ways around things, there's, there's hooks and tricks. And, uh, you know, the Merch team are kind of tightening down and, and clamping down on stuff. But it's still a case of, uh, you know, it's a little bit early, early days of the internet, early days of uh, Google and those kind of things. Yeah. So there's there's opportunities there, but there's also kind of the threat of Amazon kind of tightening and clamping down. So, uh, yeah, it is a bit Wild West. Yeah, for sure. And well, you had mentioned that, you know, the first person that gets in on a trend is going to have that, you know, the first mover's advantage. Do you have systems in place where you can actually see something and then be live, you know, before everybody else um, and get that first mover's advantage? I'd love to say that I had some kind of software or something that like, uh, you know, spotted these things for me, but it's not the case. Um, I, I, you know, I'm just a bit of a, an internet consumer, I guess. And I'm, I'm on Twitter, I'm on uh, Reddit, I'm on these websites and uh, places where you can see trends kind of bubbling, bubbling along. And um, I think uh, for me personally, I try to hop on things that I think are going to be, um, you know, even if they're not going to be kind of trending mega topics, they're kind of phrases, excuse me, or terms that will kind of have legs to them. So they'll, they'll, they might be big in a month or two, or you can kind of see the trend going up. And, um, that's the kind of thing I try to hop on. Um, and you know, I have had, I've had things where I just had one, uh, yesterday actually, where it wasn't a trending topic as such, but it was something that was in the news. And I had particular access to a community that I thought might respond well to a particular design. So I was able to create a design. It took me maybe half an hour to get the design up. Um, I posted it in this particular community, and uh, the community loved it. It just went, went through the roof on there, sold maybe uh, 30 or 40 shirts of that yesterday. Um, so it, it wasn't, it was almost a trend that I kind of kicked off, if you like. Now, today the sales have dropped significantly, but, um, you know, the, if, there's ways you can do things like that if you've got access to particular communities that can respond well. And, uh, I mean, that's not a daily occurrence for me by any means, but usually I'll have something like that a month where I either hop on something or are able to kind of, um, you know, kind of get something together and, and target a particular niche and get a design there that, that they respond well to. Okay. And when do you uh, consider a design a success? Like is one sale per week on a shirt, is that a, a dud or a good shirt? Personally, I, I think, you know, I said before that the spots are not a concern for me. Um, so honestly, if a design kind of, I mean, obviously if a design blows up and you get, you know, 20 sales a day or something, that's, that's an amazing success. That's great. Um, but I do like logging in and seeing that there's these designs that kind of just every day, you know, it'll just be one, one sale a day or one sale every other day or something. And that regular trickle of sales, especially when it's spread out over the course of five or six months, you know, that, that's, that's what I'd call, you know, steady. And obviously with Amazon, the more sales you make, the higher the rankings, the more reviews, the more, you know, it kind of a, a, a circle of, you know, <laughs> a circle of trust, whatever, that kind of pumps you up and uh, gets you up the rankings. And uh, so th that kind of thing is great. That just kind of, you know, keeps the, the stream flowing, if you like. And I think that's what I've seen with my merch earnings is as you add more designs and as the designs that you've added months ago uh, get higher up the rankings and get more kind of embedded in the Amazon system, 
that's when you start to see the, the kind of upward, you know, growth that I've, I've been seeing. Hey guys, Manny Coates here. If you've been following my podcast, you know I'm a huge fan of the Helium 10 tools for Amazon sellers. I only use the best tools out there and the Helium 10 suite of tools are, in my opinion, best in class. Now, just because I'm the founder of Helium 10 doesn't mean that's all I use, right? I go where the money's at and if there's a tool on the market that I haven't made and that tool helps me make money, I'll use it and I'll talk about it here on the podcast and I'll even link to it in our tools section at the ampmpodcast.com website. But I can honestly say that there's no place that I know of where you can get all the important tools that an FBA seller would need in one place, where the tools work with one another to help you save time and make you a lot of money. Now, the Helium 10 tools have had a huge hand in helping me go from zero to over a million dollars in Amazon sales in just 10 months. Okay, keyword research, listing optimization, and a super tool called 5K Checker that makes sure that the words in my listings, okay, the front end and the back end, are actually indexed by Amazon. And guys, if you're not checking this, you're leaving money on the table for sure because Amazon is always tweaking their search engine. Okay, so I always use 5K Checker every single month on every single one of my listings to ensure that my listings are still indexed for my keywords and that I'm still pulling in customers like crazy. If you're a longtime listener, you know I'll never use a tool unless it can save me a lot of time or it's going to make me a lot of money. So I'm confident Helium 10 will do this for you guys. All right. There's a money back guarantee, so there's no risk. Check it out. Head over to Helium10.com. Helium10.com. That's H-E-L-I-U-M 10.com. So if you have a shirt that um, is selling one or two units per day, every day and you're like okay yeah. this is this is going to be a consistent earner do you do anything with that do you look at variations or trying to create more versions of of that style i would say like it took me a while actually obviously we're all learning with merch it's a because it's a new platform one of the things that it took me a while to get was the idea of um very varying my prices because um straight off um when it first launched i think amazon said oh you know you should price things at 1999 so that's what i did and i think that's what a lot of people did um, I just priced every every design I had at nineteen ninety nine, um, and then I think a, a few months in, uh, somebody posted in one of the uh, Facebook groups that they they'd uh, increased their prices to twenty five dollars, I think, and, and not seen any drop in uh, income or sales. So uh, I did. I just did exactly what they said. I changed every design to twenty five dollars, and uh, didn't see any drop in in sales. Everything kind of, you know, carried on as normal. And wow. uh, it took me a while to actually kind of realize that, uh, you know, different designs are going to sell at different price points. And um, that, you know, there's obviously, like you were saying, creating variations. Uh, I had a, a trending design a couple of months ago. I was able to get in I was first on, I was kind of the first merch shirt there. Um, and I, I, I suddenly thought, you know, other people are going to be hopping on this soon. And obviously what they're going to do is, is lower the prices. Um, why don't I do that? So I went in and, and, and created a couple of other, you know, exact copies of the design uh, at different price points as kind of an experiment to see, you know, what, what price point sells best um, and found out that the, the lower prices actually didn't sell as well as the kind of 1999 price point or around that area. Um, so that, that's one way that you can kind of, I guess, protect yourself against uh, copycats and that kind of thing. You know, if you if you're first and you think this is going to be a big a big seller, then uh, you know if it only takes you what 15 minutes or something to duplicate the design a couple of times and and change your price points and something like that, then that's worth doing if it means you know that you kind of own the space 
um, for that trending design. Right. So you're saying then that uh, when someone does a search for whatever this trend is as a shirt, um, you might have three, four, five, six designs that all pop up and they're all under, they're, they're in your account, right? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So they're all, all in my account. They, they'd be under different brand names and, and that kind of thing. And they'd have different text usually just to vary it. And, uh, but yeah, they, they would be uh, all the same design effectively identical you're not changing anything it's just under a different brand name and different the text obviously and titles different but the yeah. shirt itself is the same sometimes i would uh so for example if you've got a design that works well on a dark shirt i would i would switch it around so that it works well on a light shirt so change the colors mm. or do something like just vary the size of the actual design so sometimes do a kind of smaller chest um size and then other times try and fill the canvas completely Okay. So th those kind of things, yeah, vary it slightly, but uh, but you know you don't have to. But um, I think it does pay sometimes to just kind of give uh, the customers that choice when you're right. offering a number of designs. Yeah. So are you doing this mainly for the customer so they can see it's like from six different brands, so they think it's you know six different companies with pricing, or is there also some of it to do with Amazon? Do they not like, for example, if you have five or six of the same shirts under the same brand, but are they okay with it being under different brands? I don't think Amazon are concerned with that at the moment yet. I don't think they're uh, interested in that. I think, um, yeah, I don't think it bothers them. So from my point of view, um, varying the brands is kind of a, a way to protect yourself from uh, copycats who would, if, if all your shirts are under the same brand name, then obviously if a copycat comes along, he can click your brand name and he can see all your shirts. He can quickly view all your designs and could simply copy them if he wanted to. So if you've got a different brand name for every single design, um, then that's a kind of protection against that. Do you actually have yeah. like hundreds of brands? Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> probably, yeah. At this point, I do. Uh, I've never actually looked at the, the brands, but yeah. In, in most cases, especially with trending designs and that kind of thing, um, I am, I'm trying to protect myself against, against copycats as much as is possible. Right. Um, How do you come up yeah. with the brand names then? Um, I mean, are just kind of randomly picking them do they matter to you are they keyword specific so they help with the you know the search results they are keyword specific yep yeah. so um especially with uh it does seem to be the case that amazon is counting the the brand name as a ranking factor uh i i found that and a few people have reported the same thing so uh yeah uh try and get the keywords and the key phrases in the, in the brand name that tends to help um but on the other side you know i do have brands where i have um so I have other websites. I have I sell designs on other websites as well. So for some of my designs, I keep them under the same brand just because just for kind of a brand identity type of thing and kind of ownership of the, you know, those designs. Um, so I do I do do a bit of both really. It kind of depends on the design whether it's a trending topic that kind of thing. Okay. All right. And now you said you're a Photoshop guy or you're you're a designer. I think is what you said. So yeah. somebody who's coming in and. They, they're not artistic. They don't know what to do. Um, would you recommend they go out and try to learn to do that or outsource the designs? And uh, I mean, if you had a friend that came in and said, I want to do this, but I have no artistic skill, Michael, what should I do? Where would you recommend uh, they go and, and in order to get you know to that 25 tier, maybe 100 tier level in terms of shirts and have good designs, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, well, uh, great question. Um, this is where I see Merch going. I think, you know, Merch is a new platform. And so far with merch, it's been a case of, uh, you know, you don't need to be a great designer to sell well. Um, obviously, if you are a good designer, you're probably going to sell more, but you don't really need to. And um, 
you know, you can put up a simple text design and people have been having great success with just, you know, white text designs, just, you know, that anyone can do. Um, the way I see things going is, you know, merch is already getting crowded. Um, one of the ways that people are going to be able to differentiate themselves and, and rise above the crowd is through better design. And, and I think as the, as the program goes on, you're going to see those designs that are poorer, that are simpler, are just not going to cut it as, as things go on. And I think it's going to be the, the better designers that, that rise above. So um, that may sound like bad news to people who are not designers, but you can still, you know, if you've got some, you know, someone who's a designer or you can, you can invest some money in, in uh, hiring someone to create some designs. Um, I think it would be worth your time, uh, especially as a, if, if, if you're at a 25 tier, if you're just kind of starting out, you know, see if you can, you know, work a system like that where you can find a designer who works with you well, who's not too expensive and who you can give work to and get it back in a timely manner and uh, just kind of test the waters that way. Because I think, you know, if you're not a designer, if you've never designed anything before in your life, if you're not someone who's, who's looking to go down that kind of career path to be de design focused, maybe it's not for you. Maybe it's not the, you know, the best opportunity for you. Maybe you have skills that will be better applied elsewhere. But if you are a designer or you do have, you know, maybe you're a young person with some time to invest in learning Photoshop and, and design concepts and that kind of thing, then absolutely go full speed ahead, you know, get some Photoshop courses, uh, you know, get, get the software and, and start learning and, and doing that kind of thing. But if that's not you, then uh, I w my advice would be find someone who can design for you or, um, you know, maybe this isn't the opportunity for you. Maybe it's not, you know, the best kind of place for you. Maybe there's other opportunities on Amazon or, or other online spaces to make money. Maybe merch isn't right for everyone. Okay. And would you recommend people go to places like uh, 99designs or Upwork or Fiverr? And how much would you, if you had a friend doing this, what would you say, uh, you know, you keep your limit to in terms of paying for a design? Yeah. I mean, it depends on, on kind of what your, what your plan is, what your long-term goal is. Um, for example, I have a, a designer that I work with. Um, I, do, I do like 99% of the designs myself. But I do have a guy who I turn to when things get a bit complicated where, you know, I know that I can't really produce it at the same level this guy can. Um, and I'll tell you outright, I pay that guy $50 a design, which most people will be like, what? But it, it works for me and it actually pays dividends because, you know, I've had designs on, on some of the biggest uh, shirt sites, you know, places like T-Fury and Busted Tees, you know, kind of T-shirt websites in their own right. Obviously, these designs also sell well on merch. And because that's kind of my goal and that's my, you know, I have a kind of long-term plan to sell these designs on various places and, and for years and months to come, um, that makes sense for me. Um, one tip I would share with people is, uh, you know, Fiverr and, and those kind of places, you know, you get what you pay for. But um, 99designs is an interesting place because you can go on there and, and uh, you can set up an account and just kind of have a look around at, at what people are designing because most, well, a lot of the contests um, a public so you can see what what designers are producing and um, I've used 99designs a few times like this to actually go and see and kind of scout out you know where are some quality designers and then try and contact those guys um, outside of 99designs and say hey you know um, so so your work and I, I you know I'd like to work with you and I can pay you this much um, the reason this works is because if you're a designer and you're on 99designs, you're not guaranteed to actually get paid. So these designers are producing designs. Um, 
you know, for free, basically. And uh, they might not get paid. And if you come along and say, hey, I saw this design um, and I'd like to work with you and I'm going to pay you, <laughs> you know, I'm going to pay you for some work. Um, these guys tend to respond quite well to that in my experience. So that's just a little tip, you know, a way to scout out decent designers and get them for, um, you know, you're not going to get them for peanuts like Fiverr levels, but um, somewhere between that, you know, under the $50 mark, you should be able to find some decent quality designers there who are going to uh, be able to do, you know, what you ask of them. And, uh, you know, they won't charge you the earth. Okay, great. Now, you had mentioned some other sites um, outside of Mertz, like T-Fury. Um, would you recommend to new sellers to stay on Mertz initially? Or would you say, hey, you know what, don't put your eggs all in one basket. Diversify, get out there. And if you're already creating the design, put it out on multiple sites. I mean, what's your thought process on that? Yeah, uh, my my process, the way I've worked, is to basically get everything up everywhere. <laughs> um, and uh, now the the main sites I use, so the, obviously merch is my main kind of source of income. Um, next in line is Redbubble. I don't know if people are aware of, of that site, but it's it's very easy to get started. You you know you add an account for free, you can upload work, and it will just kind of be up there straight away. They sell on various different products, phone cases. Uh, laptops, uh, mugs, all kind of stuff like that. So I would uh, definitely recommend people get on Redbubble. Uh, TeePublic is another one that uh, does very well for me. Um, so both the, both those sites, you know, if you've got designs that are selling on Amazon, I would put them on Redbubble and TeePublic because those are going to sell, excuse me, those are going to sell probably, you know, at, at a decent level on those websites as well. Um, now, there's kind of the more artistic level. So if you talk about sites like T-Fury and uh, Busted Tees, these are places that, um, you know, these, these are top quality kind of uh, art, artistic level designs, really. So if you're not a designer, um, there's not much point kind of messing with those, those sites because you're probably not going to see, you know, these are sites where they actually have to select your design. So you submit designs to them and they select it. Um, so not every design goes up on those sites. And if you're not a designer, if you're not kind of a, a someone who can do this and has done this before, then it's probably those are probably not the sites for you. But Redbubble, TeePublic, those are two that are great to use. Design by Humans is another one that's quite good. I actually have a blog post on my on my website, uh, michaelessick.com, uh, where I kind of break down various sites that I've used and kind of uh, tell you, kind of break them down into different categories, and say which ones you know work for different. Uh, different people, different industries. So uh, definitely check that out if you're, if you're looking for a kind of breakdown of different sites to, to consider. Okay, great. I've got a lot of questions here. You're, you're full of information, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> you, you answer one question and I have two more. We're going to try to keep this um, under an hour, but yeah there's, okay, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff here. So let's go back to launching though, because a lot of people that are listening um, to our podcast are going to be private label FBA sellers and they're hearing merch for the first time and they're like, wow, this sounds really awesome, right? Because you're, I can get in without having to source products and bring products in and there's no dollars to get in as long as I can find an artist and so forth. But they're at 25 uh, designs when they start. Um, and you had mentioned earlier that, you know, you've done a test, a split test where you've priced things high and priced things lower and you find that your higher price items are selling better in most cases. But if you're just starting out and you're trying to get your foot in the door, so to speak, on, you know, through search results and so forth, do you recommend that people still start high? Does that matter? Or would you say drop the price as low as possible? Or wh where would you go there? Yeah, I think in general, you're probably going to find the, the, the cheaper, cheaper end does tend to attract the volume. So if your goal is to tear up um, 
is to get is to get as many sales in a shorter time as possible, then yeah, um, price low and and that should mean you get more sales. Obviously, what it doesn't what it does mean also is that you're not getting as much profit as you would be getting. Uh, but in the early days, that's not your your main concern. Your main concern is is getting the sales. So yeah, I would price low. I wouldn't price you know too low. Uh, I I would never price anything below. Um, Seventeen ninety nine. Personally, unless I was especially trying hard to to rank on a trending uh, topic or something, um, but yeah, I mean, if you have a look now, those people selling designs at ten and eleven dollars. Um, I would only do that if you're trying to rank, if you're trying to scale up your tiers. Otherwise, I would just stay well away from that because you're obviously you're not making any money, right. and uh, and you're not you're not actually you know generating any profit. Okay. You want to get to the next tier, so you have to sell 100 shirts. If you have um, friends and family, uh, you know, just people you know, coworkers, whatever it is, and they go in and you have one person that buys, let's say, uh, 25 shirts. So you have four people that end up buying all of your, you know, all 100 shirts that you need, okay? Because it's for business, right? It's a business shirt you created. Does that get yeah. you to the next tier automatically when it's just four people that bought all of your inventory? Or does it not work like that? Is Amazon, I guess, skipping that kind of a process? As far as I know, it should do. It, it should get you to the next tier. Um, I think, like I said before, I don't think Amazon are, 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 are like a hawk on this program yet on everything. And I think things like that, you know, they're not really um, noticing or they've not got people watching that kind of stuff yet. So, I, yeah, I would be surprised if you had someone order 100 shirts, if that didn't scale you up to the next level almost immediately. Um, oh, okay. I've, I've not verified that myself, so, so don't hold me to that, but I, I would be surprised if that wasn't the case. Okay. It might be an interesting way uh, to get cheap shirts for a business and get to the next tier, kind of uh, all in the same uh, strike, right? Just uh, get, get going oh, yeah. very quickly. Absolutely. If you've got someone who needs a bulk order of shirts or, or if you need a bulk order of shirts or, you know, you can buy your own shirts, or maybe probably not through your same Amazon account, but get a friend to buy, uh, you know, 100 shirts or 25 shirts or something. Um, obviously, it's going to be a bit of an investment. But in the grand scale of things, if you think merch is going to be a winner for you long term, that could be worth it as well. OK, great. So we're talking about uh you know, the designs being awesome, you know, you want to make sure that uh, the quality is good, but probably just as important in terms of discovery are the keywords that you're using in your listing, right? Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk uh, about that. Tell, tell me, I mean, well, you got the title. I think most people know you got your title, you got your bullet points in your description. Um, but unlike Amazon FBA, uh, when you're doing private label products, you don't have at least right now, you don't have the back-end search terms and places where you can put additional keywords. Everything you've got is in your title. And then I, unless it's changed, uh, Amazon gives you four bullet points, but they fill in two for you, right? So you only have two available to actually write stuff in. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, and I think um, the other thing to mention would be the brand brand name. So you've got brand name, you've got title, you've got two bullet points, two description bullet points that you can use. And those are the, those are the only things that count um, as far as ranking within Amazon. So those are the places you want to get your keywords in. Um, the description, um, I mean, I fill out my description in most times. I usually just take one of my bullet points and replicate it, but that's not going to count towards Amazon. It might help you with Google, with wider SEO, but not with uh, Amazon's um, own ranking as far as, as far as we know. Are you talking about the duplication of the keywords or are you just talking about description in itself just won't index, won't rank? Sorry, yeah, let me explain. So I'm talking about um, you have a description box within your merch listing uh, after your two uh, bullet points, 
which is a place where you can just kind of give a description of the of the shirt, and that doesn't uh, contribute towards your Amazon ranking in any sense. So okay. uh, you can leave that blank, and it won't make a difference as to how you rank within Amazon. Um, they might, what I mean. They might- Oh, I was going to say they might have changed that um, or I, I don't know if they've changed it recently. I know that when we were experimenting with our merch account, it was hit or miss. Like sometimes the description on one particular shirt would index like and only portions of the, the description. And then other times it didn't. It was we couldn't figure out why uh, why the description was ranking or not ranking on certain shirts. Not sure if you've seen that at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it kind of goes back to what I was saying before. And I think Amazon are testing a lot of things as well with merch. And so, you know, there's a lot of bugs with kind of pricing and things at the moment. Um, You know, Amazon will iron it out. But yeah, I think that's probably the case is uh, I I would always use your description space anyway, because why not? You know, it's just a space to put some more kind of descriptive words in, even if it's just for the customer to try and, you know, help, help you get the sale. Um, so it, obviously I wouldn't leave that blank. Um, but is it contributing to rankings, uh, kind of juries out at the moment, I guess. Right. Okay. And so how do you actually uh, determine what keywords you're going to be using for your shirt? Yeah, I have a, a kind of a couple of approaches and, uh, I've, I've done some experimentation in different ways, but I think, um, I think you, you had a, a podcast just a, a, a couple of weeks ago, I think where you were talking about, uh, phrase matching within titles and that kind of thing. And uh, I've, I've found that, that that has become more significant. So I, I would definitely advise people to go and listen to that podcast of yours if they haven't already. Um, and Because that, that does seem to apply to merch, which is that uh, if you get the phrase within your title, so the exact phrase that people are, are going to be searching for, um, that, that's going to help you. And I, I would just kind of repeat the same phrase every way you can, really. So if you can somehow get that into your brand, into your title, and into both uh, descriptive bullet points, then that should help. Um, one of the other techniques that, um, people use and and that I use is to try and get the, uh, kind of generic terms within. So for example, some, someone might search, uh, Pokemon shirt, boys, boys, Pokemon shirt or something like that, or kids, Pokemon shirt. And, uh, you might have a shirt that there's just a Pokemon shirt, obviously, I should caveat this. You shouldn't have any shirts that are Pokemon shirts because that's copyright infringement, <laughs> trademark we'll infringement. Ta- and we'll talk get, about that, yeah. We'll talk about that, yeah. Um, but So you shouldn't have that. But let's, as an example, let's say you have just a Pokemon T-shirt and your title is Pokemon T-shirt. Um, in the description, then, I would include something that says something like, this is a Pokemon T-shirt. It's great for boys, girls, kids, adults of all ages, and uh, it's available in various colors and it makes a great gift or something like that. So you're kind of getting some keywords in there that people might search for along with the, the title of the T-shirt um, or the title of the topic, if you like, um, just to kind of cover all those, all those extra bases that you might, you might find. Okay, great. Yeah, that's some good strategy. So um, what are some of the mistakes you're seeing people making, new people that come in? Yeah, I think um, probably the biggest thing is I don't know whether you class this as a mistake, but, um, you know, obviously there's copycats, which is, is an issue with merch at the moment. And um, what, what they're, they're doing is just flooding, um, especially trending topics. So if they see a design that's selling well, a merch design that's selling well, they'll just come in and duplicate it, sometimes copy the artwork exactly, other times maybe recreate, re- recreate it, and just create as many designs as they can that are on the same topic. And, um, you know, I just think people are wasting their time there. Um, maybe that's worth your while if, if, uh, you can, you can sell t-shirts at $12 and make a few, a few dollars profit each time and eke out, you know, tiny bits of profit. But 
you know, for most of us, that's not going to work. And um, I think people hopping on trends, you know, especially where there's merch shirts that are selling well, you know, you're already late to the party if, if there's a merch shirt trending. Um, you know, that's not the place to be spending your energies unless you've got a particular angle that could really, you know, really work. I would just stay away from something that's already um, trending because, you know, you're going to pick up the dregs. You're going to be kind of, you know, you're going to be second or third or fourth. You're going to be down the line. And Amazon can, you know, customers will only scroll through so many pages of T-shirts before they make a decision of whether, you know, which one they're going to buy. And, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people are kind of just trying to hop on trends rather than doing the, the kind of harder, harder work of doing a bit of research and trying finding niches and opportunities. Um, and I think that's where I see a lot of people making a mistake um, with merch when they first get in. And I think they could, they could do a lot. Um, they could get a kind of a, a more sure foundation for themselves if they would do the, the legwork of doing a bit of research or targeting a niche or doing something they know about rather than trying to hop on the latest trend. Right, yeah. You, by the, like you said, by the time you jump on, you're not the only one that's seeing that trend. There's a, a thousand other oh, people yeah. that are seeing it, and you're going to have dozens of people creating the same same shirt, and it's just a mess. Exactly. So how do you protect yourself, though, Michael? I mean, if you've got a design, you just paid 50 bucks for it, right? And other people might have paid more because they don't have uh, the designer that you have. And somebody goes out there and copies it exactly. Is it worth your time to even do anything with that issue? Or do you just like, you know, business as usual move on? Or do you have tactics uh, to protect yourself? Yeah, uh, great question. And um, something that I've been wrestling with, <laughs> especially the past month, I've had designs that were uh, stolen and were uh, selling really, really well. And uh, obviously, I'm not getting any money from that. And it's frustrating. But um, yeah, so uh, a couple of things I would say, first off, um, you know, you use use the the tactics I already kind of mentioned. So if you can get a few, if you've got a design that's brand new, that you think is going to do well, then take the time to kind of uh, add a few more listings, variations of it, and uh, make sure that you're kind of uh, owning the the space as much as you can in the early days. Um, if you have a straight copycat, then I you know I, I am still uh, reporting those. I know some people are kind of like, oh, is it worth it? Or you know you know is it worth my time to report them? Um, in my opinion, it is because um, especially if you're selling in that space and you were there first, um, you know you still got an advantage there. And if someone kind of comes in copies you exactly and is starting to kind of eat into your sales, then obviously um, you want to get that taken down. Now, Amazon's been struggling with the actual uh, ability, <laughs> the capacity, I think, of uh, taking uh, copyrighted designs down. Um, but they are getting better at it. This past week I've had a few taken down. And, um, you know, it does, it does make a difference. So I, I, I would still do that. You know, the, Amazon have got a copyright reporting procedure. It's fairly straightforward to go through. And uh, merch, the merch team are aware of this problem. And uh, if you now uh, send an email to the merch team and say, hey, you know, I reported this design like a, a week ago and it's not been taken down. Uh, can you look into it? I'm finding that that is now uh, that's making sure that designs are getting taken down quite promptly now. So um, I am doing that. But obviously, it depends on the number of designs you have. I only do that with designs that are kind of trending and, and trending topics where I can like literally see the money leaving my pocket as it were. Yeah. Um, but with, uh, with kind of the other stuff, I'm not taking an active view, but if I, you know, if I happen to go, uh, 
sorry, Google or search it in Amazon and find that there's a copycat, you know, I'll report it because it takes maybe five minutes. And, and uh, you know, I think what's a kind of a side note to that is you want people to get the message that copycatting doesn't work in the long term. And obviously it's the Wild West with Amazon now, we know, you know, with merch. Um, but long term, you don't want that to become the norm. And I think uh, it, it makes sense for people to report things because if these accounts get cancelled ultimately, that's going to be good for genuine creators and genuine designers and sellers um, that people get the message that you can't just go on Amazon and just copy and, and make money that way, that you will get your account shut down, that it becomes a, a cat and mouse game and that you can't win in the long term or you're going to be constantly you know, hustling to try and make these few dollars that you make. And right. hopefully in the long term, that means that the copycats think, oh, this isn't worth it. You know, let's move on to the next, you know, the next craze, whatever it is, the next way to make easy money online. So to report a violation, do you need to have a, a trademark? Because we've, we've had violation strikes before where when it comes in, it's because of some phrase, right? Yeah. I used an example before, like gym rat. And the term gym rat is trademarked. So if are you doing trademarks? And if not, how do you get Amazon to actually... Uh, how do you convince them that you're the copyright owner on that particular design? Yeah. So, so with me, um, it's, uh, it's, I'm not doing trademarks. All I'm d interested in taking down is people who have copied my design, what you would call pixel for pixel. So they've, they've found my design either on merch or on another website and they've, uh, taken that design into, into either Photoshop or illustrator and literally replicated it. Um, uh, you know, there's, there's ways you can do that within illustrator. That's quite straightforward. Um, and a lot of my designs, you know, they are t-shirt designs in general are pretty easy to, to duplicate because they're, they're, you know, quite bold lines, you know, bright colors. Uh, it's quite easy usually to duplicate. So, uh, if I see someone that's done that, then I report that and I say, um, usually I will point that I'll point Amazon to a, a website I have where I have all my designs listed. So this is a, a kind of website where I put my designs on, um, it kind of serves a few purposes, so it ranks in Google usually for the design term, and then I can kick them to uh, the various places where I sell that design. Um, so what I've started doing is publishing my design first on that website. That tells, um, you know, it publishes the date when it was published and uh, displays the design. So then I can say to Amazon, you know, this guy's stolen my design. Uh, he took it from this website. I can show you when I publish this design, and, uh, you know, it's copyright infringement. You have to take it down. Uh, you know, I've given you the evidence and, uh, nine times out of 10 that, that works and, and the design gets removed. So that, that's what I'm dealing with. It's, it's a straightforward kind of copyright infringement, um, exercise. It's not right. trademarks. It's not, um, intellectual property or anything. It's only when someone's taken my design and copied it exactly. That's very smart. I love the idea that you're time stamping it on a page somewhere so that when Amazon comes to you and says, well, how do we know? And you're like, look, here's the proof. I published yeah. this three months ago before I even came to you guys on a copyright infringement. So that's smart. In terms of trademarking, are you planning on doing any kind of trademarking? And what would it take, I guess, Michael, to, to actually make it worth trademarking? Because that it's costly and it takes a long time, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, personally, I, I don't. I don't think I'm. I'm going to do any of that. I don't see uh, it being worth my while. Um, you know, by the time you've got a trademark registered, uh, you know, especially if it's kind of trending stuff, the trend's probably already passed because it takes a while to get a trademark through, from what I understand. Um, yeah. You know, it doesn't take days. It takes uh, weeks or months. Months. Yeah. Almost a year. Almost. Mm -hmm. A year. Well, exactly. Yeah. So, so you know, if you had a, a 
whatever, a basket of deplorables um, trademark that you wanted to, to register, uh, well, good luck in the first place. But then, you know, it's going to take a year. Uh, no one's going to be talking about that in a year's time. At least I, I, I don't expect they will be. So, um, yeah, trademarking, um, only if you have a brand or something that you're, you're really, um, really working from. Otherwise, um, you know, as far as it goes with like trying to trademark a, a phrase or a, something like that, I just can't see it being really worth worth your while. And um, it's probably, you know, worth your while trying to find ways of selling that design that you've created. If anybody that's listening is interested in, in the trademarking, the potential for trademarking something from the filing to what is involved, uh, we did a podcast episode with a private label attorney, Susie Hickson. You guys can go to the uh, AMPM podcast site um, or on iTunes and check it out. It's like 90 minutes of trademark stuff and it's it's very uh, in-depth, very detailed. Uh, so check that out and see if it's worth it. Uh, for private label, it's certainly probably worth it with um, when you're doing thousands of designs. Um, <laughs> I guess you better make sure that that shirt is like one of your runaway hits and you're doing, you know, a lot, you're, you're making a lot of money off of it. Yeah. But cool. So, you know what? I mean, we've talked about a lot of cool things here. Um, I think you provided just an amazing amount of value, Michael. Is there anything else you want to add that, that I didn't ask or that we didn't cover? Um, you know, I just, I'd probably just say, um, you know, I think the merch, it's early days with merch. Like we said, it's kind of the Wild West. And I think that maybe puts, uh, puts people off a little bit of getting involved. And, um, you know, I would certainly say to people, um, especially if you've got kind of an advantage, if you've got uh, niches that you know about in detail that you can target, or you've got, um, you're a designer with ideas, you're a designer who can create very quickly and jump on things, um, you know, you should really, really try and get involved now because I think, uh, you know, the merch platform, it's really just at the beginning stages. Um, I don't know if you know about this uh there was a kind of questionnaire that went out last week yeah. with Amazon asking questions about where people wanted the wanted to see merch go, uh, different products that they would, you know, would we like to see and stuff. So I think uh, certainly Amazon is taking this seriously now. I think they're, they're probably seen, you know, a year in. Uh, I don't know how much money this has made Amazon, but it's got to be way above their original expectations. And uh, I think, you know, we're just going to see it grow and grow. There's going to be new products. There's going to be all kinds of new, you know, ways of, of making money with merch. So especially if you're a designer or if you've got um, an advantage or if you know a designer, you know, let them know about about this opportunity because, um, yeah, I, I've, I've been selling on, on other websites, but I've never seen anything uh, that can generate income quite as fast and uh, as consistently as Amazon. And uh, so, yeah, I think people should really kind of... Um, get on board if they're not on board already and don't be put off by the fact that you know it is a bit rough around the edges and there's uh you know there's copycats and there's all kinds of these issues you know uh you know there's money to be made and there's opportunities if you're willing to kind of invest the time you hit it uh, hit the nail on the head i mean the the email that came out talked about all these different products but you know that they're going to be potentially expanding out to but they also mentioned pay-per-click or advertising which at the moment you can't do right there's no way to right, promote right, yeah. so so that's going to open up the door um for a ton of people that are you know have something of value and instead of just throwing it out there on amazon and saying man i hope someone types in this keyword now i can actually advertise to people that are looking for this and if my product design or my, my shirt design is fantastic compared to everybody else's design then people will probably buy your product over the other products yeah so i'm really looking forward to that that's going to be huge and then what about i mean since i'm talking about advertising 
one of my last questions to you would be, are you advertising off of uh, Amazon anywhere? Are you bringing in any traffic uh, from, from other sources? Uh, no, not consistently. Uh, I think I mentioned earlier about like the design I had yesterday where I had a particular niche where I was able to tap into the community and, and make some sales that way. Um, but in general, that, that's not the case. So almost everything is organic. Um, I've, I've, you know, dipped my toes into Facebook advertising. I've had some limited success there. Um, so I know it can work, but I'm, I'm not really a kind of advertising guy. You know, th these advertiser types, they're all into testing and analytics and like A, B testing and all this stuff. It just kind of fries my head. I'm just kind of a designer. Um, so, uh, you know, I do a little bit here and there, but no, for the most part, I'm, I'm relying on organic and I'm relying on ideas and trends and, and that kind of thing. Um, okay. And I would like to kind of get, you know, get a bit more confident in that and get some more income coming that way. Um, so hopefully if, if merch launches that kind of facility where you could advertise the merch shirts within Amazon, then, uh, yeah, that would be great. Fantastic. Uh, if people want to find out more about um, you helping them or they want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so um, I have a website, michaelessick.com. So M-I-C-H-A-E-L-E-S-S-E-K. Dot com, or you can uh, find me on Twitter at Michael Essick. Um, I have a weekly newsletter that goes out um, every Tuesday with uh, secret tips and tricks on how to sell more T-shirts online. So if you're looking at uh, getting into merch or other websites and you're, you know, you're looking at T-shirts in particular right now, then uh, definitely sign up on there and get, get my secret tips and tricks. And, uh, yeah, just, fo just uh, follow me on Twitter and, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of help you hopefully guide people through the – the pits and the downfalls of selling online and help you sell more t-shirts. Awesome, yeah. We got a year's worth of knowledge squished down into uh, under an hour. So this was awesome. There was a lot of golden nuggets in here. I hope people took notes. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Manny. Yeah, I hope to have you back on again. Um, maybe when you get to the uh, the next tier and yeah. you're like, hey, Manny, I'm, I'm, I'm at 20,000. Oh, wow. Whatever yeah. the number might be by then. Yeah, well, we'll see see after Christmas how that goes. And then, uh, yeah, you can get me back on. But thanks for having me, Manny. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. So, guys, I'm sure you probably have a lot of questions. So, we set up a new Facebook group specifically for merch. Okay, so if you want to get in there and start talking to people about uh, the merch program, head over to Facebook and type in Merch Elite. We're going to link it in the show notes. But, uh, yeah, Merch Elite, that is the name of the Facebook group. And uh, you'll be one of the first ones in there to join us. It was just set up. And I think it'll grow pretty quickly if, uh, if there's interest. So uh, look forward to seeing you in there. You've been listening to the AM PM podcast hosted by Manny Coates. For more information, insider, insider tools, tools, and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit ampmpodcast.com.